No, uh, our Sunday school and cross-training for adults is on hold until after Christmas, so uh, that's in your bulletin too, the reminders there, but just so you know, there'll be nothing going on uh, as far as that after church this morning. Thank you. So I was buying some Christmas presents this week, and I was in a store, and there was one cashier. And I don't like waiting. And so uh, there was a couple people in front of me in the line, and, and I'm standing there. And not a big deal. At the same time that I'm standing in line with a few gifts, I've got I've got my son Grayson, and I've got Caitlin. The boys weren't with me, and uh, and Christy is is getting her hair done. And so I'm supposed to pick her up when I'm done at the store, which is like imminent, like it's time, almost time to pick her up. So I'm standing in line, and there's a as a person in front of me. That it, that has a cart like overflowing with uh with, with with stuff. I don't know what's in there, but just overflowing. And so she's putting her stuff up there, you know, and and she's doing fine. Cashier's a little bit slow to ring stuff up, you know, and 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 she's using one of those hand things where you, where you, where you scan the thing with your little uh, hand scanner. And uh, every time she scans an item, the cashier looks at the at at the little screen on the on the computer and looks to see what the price is, and scans another thing, and then looks at the price, scans another thing, and looks. I'm like, you don't need to look at the price; just scan and put it in. You know, just keep going, keep going. You know, I can make this go faster. I know it. And uh, and so Christy texts me and says, I- "I'm all done with my hair. You can come pick me up." And I'm like, "Okay, okay. This has got to go faster." So every item gets scanned. And uh, I'm waiting here. And then it's like, oh, do you have your, your savers card? You know, oh, yeah, I, got, I do. Let me look for that. You know, she's going through her purse. And, and, and Christy texts me again, you know, hey, they're closing up the shop. I'm going out into the cold. Oh, okay. You know, the, the, no problem. You know, I got a really good deal here, and I want to get this deal. You know, I want to I get my gifts here. And, uh, and so uh, she finds the card and, and gives it to the cashier. The cashier scans it. And says, okay, on the computer screen it says, this is your phone number. Is that your phone number? And, and the buyer says, no, that's not my phone number. I don't know whose phone number that is. So they're trying to work out whose phone number is on your card, your saver's card. Did you steal it? You pickpocketing? I don't know. But, you know, someone else's phone number is on your card, on your account. This is not right. So trying to change the number. And I'm just, you know, I'm starting to, like, fidget. But I'm not trying to look like I'm a rude Christmas shopper, you know. You know how that is? You're kind of just, like, going crazy. <laughs> and uh, And so finally... Uh, she says, okay, this is the right number. Here's what's going on. And then it's like, oh, wait, I got coupons. So she gets in her purse, and she pulls out coupons and gives her the coupons. Okay, so she scans each coupon, looks at the screen, scans another one, looks at the screen. Christy writes, I'm cold, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I'm cold. <laughs> and my hair's freezing. Whatever they did to it, it's not going to be good, you know, by the end of it all. <laughs> and so, um, okay, so I'm like, this is all right. It's all right. It's all right. And so there's a huge line of people behind me, of course, that are also waiting. And I'm kind of thinking, well, at least I'm not them. I'm next. But then another guy sees the line, a worker at the store, and says, I'm opening the register next door, and I can't get out of line in time. And they all go to him, you know. So that didn't work. And, uh, and then she wrote, her, wrote the check, gave it, um, and, and, and then the transaction's over. And then she says, the buyer says, wait a minute, I had a $5 off uh, a gift card I, I didn't use. And I got to use that, it expires today. And the cashier says, we, we just finished a transaction, I can't go back. And she says, no, no, I got to use this today, it expires today. And the cashier says, I can't do that for you. 
And I just wanted to pull out like $10 and say, here, take it and go, you know. Just go, go. Please, $5. Um, but I like deals. I like deals. But um, So she said, you need to go to customer service. I was like, oh, thank goodness. Go to customer service, get your $5. And I got my stuff. Picked up Christy. She was, I think she was outside. She was okay. She was all right. She, I think she had a coat on, right? Did you have a coat on? Yeah, okay, good, good. If you know my wife, she, she often just doesn't, she has a nice warm coat. It's a nice wool coat and she doesn't wear it. I don't know. But um, anyway, she had her coat on that night and I got out. Now, all that to say, I feel like I'm not a terrible waiter. I mean, I kind of made some jokes and, and I'm not like the worst. I mean, I try to keep it into myself and just tell the whole world that on, on Sunday, you know, that's what I do. Uh, uh, but I try to hold it in at the moment and not, not let it out. You know, you want to look like you're composed, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know how well you wait. But it seems like if you read enough of your Bible, you're going to come across a lot of different Old Testament and New Testament figures, people that wait. And they wait. And, and we get to look back and say like, well, there it is. I mean, you got what you were waiting for. The Messiah has come. There it is. But, but if you're in that, if you're the one waiting, that's not so easy. It's, there, there's a longing. Like we sing, Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. And I can't get in the right mindset for that song completely. So usually when I sing that, I'm thinking, I'm asking Emmanuel to return. You know, I, I want Jesus to come back and finish things up here. I want the second return. But that song is written from a, from, a, from a Jewish person's perspective of, Emmanuel, come. We want you. We long for you. We've been waiting for you. We're under occupation. If it's not the Babylonians, it's the Romans. It's always somebody. But, oh, come, oh, come. Emmanuel, we're waiting for you. And Mary was in the middle of all that, in the middle of waiting, so that when she finds out from the angel that she's going to have a child, she composes a song. We often call it the Magnificat. She composes a song, and maybe it's on the spot. I, it, to me, I read it and go, it doesn't look like it was composed on the spot. Maybe she reflected, because we know Mary's a very reflective person. It says she treasures things in her heart. So maybe she reflects, and then she writes this beautiful, Scripture-filled song expressing that the wait is, is over. The Messiah has come. Would you look at that in Luke chapter 1 with me? Turn to Luke chapter 1, verse 46. Luke chapter 1, verse 46. Mary is visiting Elizabeth. We talked about Elizabeth a few weeks ago, the mother of John the Baptist, also a miraculous birth. She should have been too old to have children. Why don't we start in 39 so you get the whole context. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a, to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? 
As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, and again, was it spontaneous, spirit-inspired utterance? Could be. Or maybe there's a period of time before and Mary said. And Mary reflected on all of this. But verse 46, Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He's performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. I kind of get it, you know. Uh, Not not that I'll ever be in Mary's situation at all by any stretch of the imagination, but I kind of get it that you're pregnant and you, you, you can't, people don't fully understand why you're pregnant. It's not Joseph's baby, but you're pregnant. And so you're going to stay with Elizabeth, who also happens to have a remarkable, miraculous pregnancy. Elizabeth kind of gets it, I think. She gets it. This shouldn't be happening, but it is. Mary, you shouldn't be pregnant. I shouldn't be pregnant, Elizabeth's thinking, but here we are. And it's even more amazing that you're giving birth to the Redeemer. And my baby leaps in my womb for joy. Um. Mary's song is about the fulfillment of God doing all these things that Israel was waiting for them to do. They're just waiting. And the waiting's not easy. It's not easy to wait under Roman occupation. That's not a fun thing. So we're not being occupied by a foreign power, but I think it's right to ask this holiday season, what are you waiting for? What is it in your life that you say, boy, any day now I would like that resolved. Any day now God could step in and fix this and I would be just fine. What are you waiting for this holiday season? Because those things, depending on how you wait, those things can rob your joy. Those things can consume your thoughts. They can produce anxiety. They can produce depression. The waiting is real. It's much more severe than standing in line for a Christmas gift while your wife's out in the cold. It, it, it can just stop you in your tracks, the waiting, the waiting. Unless you know how to wait well. Mary, and I believe Mary's song, which is a fulfillment of finally the waiting's over, I think reveals some excellent points on how we wait, and what God's up to. Let's take a look. God surely requires each of us to wait. Look at verse 46. And this is, I want to break up Mary's song into four stanzas, if you will, four sections. Uh, Verse 46 says, 
Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. First, she starts out by saying, This is what God is doing in my life. Here's what he's doing for me. So, and you have notes in your bulletin, by the way, so if you want to pull those out, if you want to follow along that way, or you can follow along on the screen, either way is fine. We wait, what she's saying is, we all wait under God's watchfulness and his power. That's how we wait. We wait under God's watchfulness and power. She says, he's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Humble people often don't get noticed. I mean, it goes back to your playground days, right? It's the explosive players that get picked first. The ones that say, I'm the best, whether they are or not. I've talked to my kids enough to know that every kid on the playground thinks they're the best, you know? And it's like, it's like, how, how was your day? You know, and I ask my kids, how was your day? Well, so-and-so thought they'd get an interception, but there's no way. That wasn't happening, you know? There's this, there's this bravado that happens with kids, and it doesn't stop when we get older. It just gets more sophisticated. And, and it's kind of like the prideful get noticed. The great people get noticed and the humble people get overlooked often in our society. I think it was not much different for Mary. I mean, she kind of implied that in her uh, in, in, in the monologue earlier that you heard. Like, you, I thought the angel got the wrong house, you know? I don't know if Mary really said that or thought that, but, but the humility kind of lends itself to that. Really? Me? God, you've minded the humble state of your servant. You noticed me. You noticed me. We tend to overlook. We tend to miss. But God sees. And if God is a God who sees, and he's a mighty God, that they, they can change your circumstances in a moment. And yet if he chooses not to, if he chooses to let you wait, you're waiting here, and you remain humble, and he sees. This isn't like God is uh, overlooking you, but I think it's interesting that, just the way Mary says it, you have, uh, I'll say it again, he's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. It's like, have you ever thought, like, God does something really amazing, I didn't even know he was watching. and I didn't even know he noticed. That's kind of a very human standpoint. Like, we know theologically that God sees everything, but when he does something, it's like, oh, you were watching. You ever notice how, okay, some of us have a very acute sense of sin, right? Like you sin and you're like, God saw that, I'm going to get it. You know, like like God's going to do something the moment, you know. Some of us, and, and I'm not saying that's always wrong, because God does discipline his kids. But sometimes we lean so hard on, God saw that. He saw me lie. He saw me sin. He saw me think those bad thoughts. I wonder if we could go, and that's true, he did hear all that and see all that. But I think we also have to remember, he sees my pain. He sees my waiting. He sees every tear that's shed. He sees every anxious thought. And yeah, the Bible tells me to be anxious about nothing. But, but I also have a God that sympathizes with that anxiety. He knows I'm waiting on this news to come back. He knows I'm waiting on this relationship to get fixed. He knows He's watching. He cares. That's the God that we serve. 
It's not just the one that notices every time you mess up. He also notices every time you're waiting. And it's not working out. Secondly, if you look at 49 and 50, Mary says, The Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. She says three things about God here. Let's summarize it with this kind of a point. We wait on a glorious God. We wait on a glorious God. When I say glory, all I mean is I'm referring to the beauty of God's attributes. Like who God is is beautiful. If you were to see Him for who He is, it would shine like you can't believe and you'd barely be able to stand here. That's His glory. And so Mary's talking about who He is and she says, really, I'm experiencing these three things about God. He's holy as his name. He's holy. He's mighty. The mighty one has done great things for me. And his mercy extends to those who fear him. He's mighty. He's holy. And he's merciful. Now, if he was just holy and mighty, so so holy means he's set apart. He's different. He's set apart in his moral perfection, right? Like you've sinned. God never has. He's holy. He's different. He's set apart. He's mighty, which means he could look at us in all of his holiness and say, there's a lot of messed up people down there, and in my might, I'm going to crush them. That's kind of what holy and might does. You know, you don't mess with the holy God because he can do anything. But you throw mercy into that, and it's like, whoa, Mary's thinking. Mary's thinking, my people have had some rough spots over the years, some rebellion some worshiping idols. We've done some stupid things. And, and a holy God who's also all-powerful can say, I'm done, you're smashed. He could do that to us today. But the mercy of God extends from generation to generation to generation. His mercy never quits on us. His mercy is always there. Mercy, um, the Greek word for mercy translates a Hebrew word, uh, hesed. And Hasid is, uh, it could be translated, his loyal love. It's his loyalty to his people, his loyalty to you. You're going to mess up tomorrow. His loyal love will be there for you to pick you up. That, that's who God is. And so Mary's thinking about who God is, and she's thinking, I, we have waited on someone that has been so good to us. He could have wiped us out in his anger, and yet in his mercy, we're still here. In his mercy, he provides a redeemer, a way of salvation. It all kind of matters who you're waiting on, doesn't it? I mean, think about your waiting. I, I love going to uh, Six Flags sometimes, and uh, I love roller coasters. I keep thinking, though, the older I get, the more it messes with my head, so I probably can't do it much longer. But, um, but I, I used to love them, but I always get frustrated I don't know how you are, but if you're standing in one of those lines for like an hour, two hours, some people can pay for this extra pass that gets you through the line faster. You know how that goes, right? They, they pay something extra on their ticket. I don't know what it is, but, but they get a special line. They get to cut in front of the rest of everybody else, all right? And I'm waiting there, you know, hour, hour and a half, and I see these people walking right into the ride, and I'm thinking, this is crazy. I, I don't like this. I, they're no better than me. Why do they get to go first? You know, like, well, they spent the money. Well, why do they have enough money to spend on this? You know, and you go through all those different things. They're no better than me. When you wait on people, 
you kind of do that, don't you? Like, why do they get to go first? What's up with that? And, and when you're looking at waiting in that kind of a realm, it gets really frustrating. When you wait with the sense that I'm waiting on God, an all-powerful, merciful God who's loyal to me because I'm in relationship with him. He loves me. He'll never quit loving me. And I'm in this covenant relationship. He'll never go away. He'll never forsake me. And I'm waiting on him. I mean, that, I can't tell you how many times I thought that while I was in Uganda. You know? I'm there three weeks. My wife's there seven weeks. And over and over you're thinking, I want to be with my kids. I have my baby in my arms. I'm waiting on a court that's too slow. And I'm waiting on other things. I'm waiting on U.S. Embassy that's too slow. And I just want to go home. Why can't we speed this up? God, I know you can do anything and speed this up. But instead, the judge's relative passed away and he canceled my court date. You know, I don't like this. But if you step back and go, wait a minute. Every day that I'm here, I'm here because an all-powerful God wants me here. I mean, God doesn't have to think twice and he can change that whole circumstance and get me out overnight if he wants. And he didn't get me out overnight, so he has me here for a reason. I may not like it, but I can trust him. I can wait, because whether you're waiting on news from your doctor, or whether you're waiting on something to get fixed, you're looking for a job and there's not enough jobs out there, you're looking for the raise and somebody else got it, whatever you're waiting on, ultimately you're waiting on him. Are you okay with that? Ultimately. Because if God is all-powerful, and we believe that he is, he could change all of that in like a millisecond, and he hasn't. So you're waiting on him. And waiting on him is a lot easier than waiting on the guy with the fast pass that gets in front of you in line. We've got to think bigger when we wait, and it helps us wait that way. Thirdly, so Mary talks about who she is, God's been mindful of me. Then she talks about who God is. He's the mighty one. He's holy. And his mercy is every generation. It's always there. And then she says in verse 51, he's performed mighty deeds with his arm. Deeds like these. He's scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones. He's lifted up the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things, but he sent the rich away empty. All that to summarize and say, God is a God of great reversals. So we wait on these great reversals. You're prideful, he's going to lower you. You're humble, he's going to exalt you. You're hungry, he's going to feed you. You're rich, you're going away empty. Mary says that. A couple thousand years ago, she says, this is what God is doing. And yet, you can open your history books and say, there's been a lot of hungry people over the centuries, a lot of hungry people out there today. We have Ethiopian kids you can sponsor if you like. Their, their pictures are out there on our bulletin board. They're hungry. They're hungry. This says God's feeding the hungry with good things. The rich are going away empty. How do you understand that? You can understand it by, with the coming of Jesus comes these great reversals. Suddenly, it makes a lot more sense to follow a crucified guy 
than it does to follow the king. That's kind of like them, or Caesar. It makes a lot more sense. How do you explain that? How do you explain a kid, since we're talking about the Ethiopian kids that you could sponsor, their pictures are out there. How do you explain little children who may not live another year of life but are singing songs to Jesus, and you can say they have it better than the person that's living in a mansion, a millionaire that doesn't have Jesus. But it's true. The millionaire is getting sent away empty. Empty. And woe on them. But these little kids who might not have another year of life that are starving, but are singing about Jesus in some little village, they've got it. Isn't that a reversal? Isn't that crazy that it would be better to be that kid than that wealthy person? That's the reversal. Grayson is our little reversal. He's our reversal. Because he's got parents now, he's got a family, but most importantly, he's going to hear about Jesus. It's a reversal. And of course, one day, I get it, this will all be literal. You know, one day, those that don't know God will truly be hungry, physically hungry. They really will go away empty and lowered. One day. I mean, I, I, I know how this is going to play out. I've already pictured the throne room scene. I don't know if you have or not. But I know how it's going to go down. I'm going to be in the back, you know. What about me? And when, when it comes time to give away the, 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 the rewards for three lakes, it's going to be all sorts of people that we didn't know what they did. It was like, really? You did that? You did that? You did? No one knew. And, and me, I'm going to be in the back because everybody, know everybody knows what I did. And they all said thank you already. I hear it all the time. Don't stop telling me thank you. It's, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. But I've heard it already, okay? I've heard it. I've received. And you all know. Now, I try to save some secret things that you don't know about. Don't worry. There are some secret things. But for those of you that never get the thank you, that nobody knows what you're doing, you're going first. And I'm going to be behind, I'm going to be behind Eric because he's taller than me. I'm going to be like, you know, what am I, yeah, jumping up and down, right? Um, sorry, Eric, I pick on you there. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> there's going to be a great reversal. And all the secret things that have done, all, all the humility of all sorts of people is going to be reversed and there's going to be great celebration in heaven over all of that. Because that's what God does. That's in his nature to lift the humble. So I don't care how you translate that verse. I don't think you can read that verse and say, well, that's not true because there's still hungry people in the world. No, God is doing this every single day. He's reversing what we think is the way things are. And you know what? I've already said it twice, but kind of. He calls us to help reverse things too. I mean, our adoption is an attempt to reverse social situations. You are called to reverse social situations. You're called to that. You're a child of the king. Be like God. Be holy as he is holy. Reverse things. If you get a chance this season, do it. Do it all year round. <sighs> Lastly, last two verses. He has helped 
his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. God remembered Israel, she says. He did what he said he was going to do. He's always been faithful, faithful forever to all of us. So finally, we wait on the fulfillment of God's promises. We wait on the fulfillment of God's promises. I'm not going, I was going to read some promises, but I think you saw a lot of them at the beginning of the service with the slideshow. Isaiah 7, Isaiah 11, these different promises that are very real about the coming of the Messiah. And, and they were literally waiting for those, and Jesus' coming fulfilled it. God says, I'm keeping my promise, now's the time. For some of us, these promise, some promises in the Bible seem a little more further off, you know? Seeing loved ones in heaven, it seems further off. Being exalted in a humble state seems far off. Seeing every tear wiped away seems far off. There's promises that you are going to see in this life, though. And praise God for those things. For the others, we wait. We wait, knowing that God will do everything he says he's going to do. So just let me ask you again, what, what are you waiting on? What's on your mind? What's on your heart? And then let me ask you, how are you waiting? How are you waiting? How's it going? Can I ask you just to respond with maybe 30 seconds of talking to Jesus about how you're waiting? Maybe asking for some help. And then I will pray. And we'll sing one more song together. Father, would you help us understand that we're not really waiting on people and circumstances, that we're truly waiting on you. And then help us trust you. Help us trust you. And know that everything you said you're going to do, you will do. For those that are just sitting here going, man, I, I'm just having such a hard time. Would you, by your Spirit, empower them to wait? Would, would you fill them in such a way that they trust you like they've never trusted you before? And may they, at the same time that they're trusting you, just understand how mighty you are, how merciful you are, and how holy you are. Lord, thank you 
that we're on the other side of the manger, that we get to look back, that we're on the other side of the cross. We're not waiting for redemption to be accomplished. It's been bought. We've been bought. We thank you that the mystery of the ages is one that to us is, at times it can feel even common, the way we talk about it. Would you remind us of the awe and wonder of the Messiah being born as a little baby that changes everything? In Jesus' name, amen.